In this episode, I'm going to present the gospel, as I understand it, in the form of a dialogue. So listen for the questions, followed by the answers. First question. So what is the problem with this world? Why do we feel miserable, lost, empty? Because no matter how good we think we have it in life, we know we are going to die. That fact casts a long shadow, reflected in how we feel deep within. But it's not just the death at the end of the road that we feel. We feel the absence of life within us right now. We feel empty, because each of us was created to have a unique friendship with God, the source of life. But he is absent from our lives. Why is he absent? Because either we don't believe he exists, or we don't believe it would be rewarding to seek him out. We might even attribute our misery or the evils we see to him, so we are certainly not interested in friendship with him. But more than that, we act out our fear and frustration on ourselves and on each other, and thereby sin against him and his love for each of us. You mean we break his rules? What's with the rules? First, he gave them to us to help defeat the deception in our lives about him. How so? Read the rules and you will begin to see that he is on the side of good, not evil. Look more closely at them and you will realize that they are all about love, God's love for us, returning that love, and loving our neighbor. And second, the rules also help break the deception we are under about ourselves. We know we are going to die, but we fool ourselves into thinking that it's not our fault, or that we're not that bad, or that in our case, at least, the punishment of death doesn't fit the crime. So, well, we think we are loving until we see the kind of love those rules are talking about. What kind of love is that? Perfectly self-giving, self-sacrificial love for God and for every man, woman, and child 24-7. Impossible. What's with the perfect or it doesn't count standard? Because God is like that. Our self-centered nature and God's perfect self-giving nature don't mix. Under those circumstances, friendship with him is impossible. All right, I've heard it said that if you don't keep the rules, it's straight to hell with you. Sounds like a manipulative ploy to me. Love me or else. Let me ask you a question. Shouldn't self-giving, self-sacrificial love be the highest priority among us all? Should not the most important reality on the face of the earth be that each person is active 24-7 in doing what most benefits his neighbor? No doubt. Okay, then. God is love, the embodiment of such love and he alone is the source of it. The only way we can participate in this love is to first connect with him. 
That is why the greatest commandment has to do with giving him first place in our lives. We don't have this kind of love, so if we choose to ignore or reject him, we remain self-centered. However, because he loves us, he keeps coming after us. He does everything he can to get us so sick of our selfishness that we'll turn to him to save us from our self-absorbed self. Day and night, moment by moment, his love works tirelessly in using every possible means and circumstance to get us to change our minds. But if in the end we keep telling him to leave us alone, then, in unimaginable self-restraint and heartbreak, God respects our choice. And, in equally unimaginable wrath, his justice sees to it that we get precisely what we asked for, to die forever alone with our self-absorbed self. Whatever else hell may be, that's the ugly pit. You mean he gets offended and hot under the collar because we rejected him? You are putting it mildly. His wrath is forever white-hot against the least unkind thought or neglected chance to help someone. For that matter, his love for that person we failed to love is so incomprehensibly intense that hell is not hot enough nor long enough to do just retribution to the wrong in it. It would be unjust of him to let anyone off the hook because it would compromise his love for each one of us. And he is not in the least bit offended for himself. Only the self-absorbed are capable of being offended for themselves. Rather, it is similar to the offense you feel at someone hurting someone you love. Only in God that intensity of wrath or outrage is multiplied beyond measure. Well then, we're toast, every last one of us. That's right, until we have his life within us. How so? On the cross, God made Jesus to be our sin, our selfish self. Jesus took personal responsibility for every sinful, loveless thought, word, or action. When he died, we died with him, and our sinful history was wiped out. But death could not hold him. He rose from the dead, and now he offers us his death-defeating life, his very own self, to be a new self behind our distinct personality. And God is perfectly comfortable being a friend to this new self-giving, self-sacrificial self in us. But you said friendship with God requires a perfect, self-giving, self-sacrificial love for God and for every man, woman, and child 24-7. It does. But consider this. Jesus was sinless. His friendship with God was unwavering. And yet we read that, quote, Though he was God's Son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. After he was perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Unquote. God sees what we don't yet see. 
United with Jesus, we are declared sinless, and our friendship with God is instantly restored. And yet, mysteriously, we too must be perfected by learning our obedience through what we suffer. What do you mean by what we suffer? I mean when things don't go our way. For us, this would include not only adverse circumstances, but the consequences of poor choices. Our old self-absorbed way of dealing with it was to get depressed, upset, or rebellious. The new self learns obedience. All right, you said God declared us sinless, and yet we know we still sin. Yes, we often fail to love him, and we fail his love for the people in our lives, and we need to confess it and receive his forgiveness. But all the while, what God keeps his eyes on is what Jesus did for us. He sees us united to his Son, sharing one life. And he knows that, as with his own Son, we too are learning our obedience. That is to say, when things don't go our way, we suffer and learn something new about giving him his love first place in our lives. He can then teach us more about how to let his love for others flow through us. It adds up to learning something more about being the unique friend to him he created us to be.